How we doing, Parkview? We good? Yeah. Come on now, we good? There we go, there we go. There we go. We're awake. We're good this weekend. I'm glad you're here. Glad you made the choice to be here uh, on all of our campuses. Those of you guys who are online uh, watching, we are in this really, really cool series uh, that really hits home. Uh, it's called God Never Said That. And what we're doing each week, if uh, we started last weekend, so if you weren't here, what we're trying to do is just unlearn some of the things that we've learned about God and about faith and about the Bible that maybe just necessarily aren't, aren't necessarily true. And last weekend, uh, Pastor Tim started out the whole series, and he talked about how God wants you to be happy. Everybody say happy. God wants you to be happy. And that sounds good, and there is a lot of truth in that, right? But, but our happiness, as Tim explained last weekend, is, is not like God's chief goal in life or for our lives. And man, I watched the message from last weekend several times and just incredibly meaningful to me, very recalibrating to me in my life. So if you weren't here last weekend as we launched into the series, boy, I hope that you will go back online and watch that. Today we continue into the second week of God Never Said That. And we're going to talk about this statement right here. If you're taking notes, take a look at this. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. I want you just to look at that for a moment, Parkview. And uh, don't say anything to your neighbors. Don't nudge them. Don't raise your hand. But here's what I want to ask you. What do you think about that? What, what do, you, do you resonate with that statement at all? As long as you're just sincere, you're probably going to be fine in this world. Or, or maybe even a bigger question about this. What do you think... If you have kids, what do you think your kids think about this question? What do you think about your teenagers think about it? Or if you have grandkids, what do you think your grandkids think about this question? It doesn't matter what you believe as long as you're sincere. You see, over the last few years, I've had uh, the opportunity to talk to dozens and dozens and dozens of people, and it, it seems like the increasing majority of people in our world today that we do life with, our neighbors, our friends, our coworkers, our classmates, and that sort of thing, the increasing majority believe that all faiths, all religions, are really very similar. So in other words, if a Christian person and a Mormon person are talking about heaven, in many ways it's kind of the same place. Or if a Christian person and a Hindu person and a Mormon person and a Muslim person are talking about God, it really it's, okay, here's the deal. There's, there's a few different things, but it's really just kind of, the same, kind of the same God. And as long as you're a good person, you'll probably be fine. All paths basically lead to the same place. That, that's kind of a lot of times what is in our world and the people we do life with these days. I've additionally realized that many people in our world today say the key to your faith is sincerity. Everybody say sincerity. Sincerity. As long as you're sincere, you'll probably be just fine. And if you're taking notes, go ahead and write this down in your notes today. In our world today, sincerity is synonymous with truth. In many ways, in many circles, the people we work with, our, our neighbors, when we go home today, sincerity has become basically synonymous with truth. And, and here's kind of, the, kind of the thing. 
you just, have you, have you heard this? You just believe, you just need to really believe what you believe, and you'll probably be just fine. Just really believe what you believe, and you'll be fine. In other words, just be really sincere about it, and you'll be fine. And you know what? That sounds good. But here's the problem, Parkview. You can be sincerely wrong. Right? In lots of things in life, you can be sincerely wrong. So here's the deal. In this study today, eternities hang in the balance. This is a big deal. This is a big study that we're embracing uh, today. Eternities truly hang in the balance. And, and we're going to be talking about are all faiths equal? Do all faiths lead to the same place? Does it really matter what you believe? Here's what I really want to dig into today. Are all faiths essentially the same? And as long as you're sincere, can you kind of follow any faith you want and, and be okay? And, and the only way I personally really know how to dive into a question and a subject like this in an honest way and in a very thorough way is to have you pull out a chart that we gave you. If you're here this weekend on one of the campuses, you're here right here today, pull out the chart that we gave you. It, it's got six different uh, faiths and beliefs, religions from our world today. And here's the goal. Here's the goal, that by the time we get done with this study today, 25, 30 minutes from now, right now, invest another 25, 30 minutes of our lives, you're going to be able to answer that question from this day forward. Are all faiths essentially the same? And is sincerity synonymous with truth? And you're going to be able to have that conversation with your kids or with your grandkids or somebody you go to school with, or somebody you work with. And here's what I want you to know, Parkview. When it comes to this message, I have worked painstakingly at all of these different things I'm going to be sharing and preaching today. But I want you to know this. I cannot perfectly describe every single one of these religions. And what, I may, what, I, what I'm saying here is there may be some people in certain sections of these faiths that believes slightly differently than what I'm going to share with you today. That, that could be, but here's what I want to say to you. Nothing that I'm going to share with you today has been fabricated. Everything I'm going to share with you today is well-documented and well-practiced in, in these religions and faiths that exist in our world today. So we're going to dive into this for like the next 25 minutes, and then you're going to be able to answer this question for yourself by the time we get done. So if you are ready to dive in, everybody say, Ready. Ready. Okay, here we go. Hopefully you have that uh, chart, and if you like to write, write a lot. If you don't, cheat off your neighbor. Uh, the truth source, first of all, for all of these different uh, faiths around the world. For Christianity, you know this, the truth source is the Bible. And the Bible isn't really just one book. It's 66 different books, right? And it's been written uh, by about 40 different people uh, in three different languages on multiple continents over a period of about 1,500 years. This is a really robust, interesting, unique book. In the Bible in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it says that all Scripture is God-breathed. And it is useful for teaching and rebuking and correcting and training in righteousness. This is God-breathed, is what Christians believe. This book is also the most popular and most published book in the history of the world. There are billions and billions of Bibles in print. This is the truth source for those who follow after Christianity. 
What about Scientology? For those who follow Scientology, the truth source is two different things. One is a book called Dianetics by a guy named L. Ron Hubbard. Uh, interesting thing, L. Ron Hubbard started out as a science fiction writer, okay? And he writes this book, Dianetics, and then also a book called The Way to Happiness, which contains 21 different moral precepts about how we should live our lives. And if you know anything about Scientology, you know that it, it's kind of a really mystical, secretive, kind of strange uh, religion. And there's all kinds of deeper, secretive truths in Scientology. And they believe that the way you get ready for these deeper truths is, one, going through all kinds of different rituals, and then you could be prepared for these deeper truths. Or another way to show that you're ready for these deeper truths is to just give a lot of money. And if, if you give a lot of money, then you're also mature and you're ready for these deeper truths. Uh, the most famous Scientologist is not the founder, L. Ron Hubbard. The most famous Scientologist is this guy right here. Uh, that's not Tim Harlow. That's, uh, <clears throat> that's, Tom, that's Tom Cruise, and he's by far the most famous uh, Scientologist. What about Mormonism? Uh, there are really three different truth sources in uh, the Mormon religion, and the first is the Book of Mormon. This was given uh, to Joseph Smith uh, by the angel Moroni in the year 1823. He told uh, Joseph Smith where to find some gold plates, and he went and found these gold plates, and they led to the Book of Mormon being published in the year 1830. And the Book of Mormon is called Another Testament of Jesus Christ, and it deals with some of God's uh, things that he does even in the Americas between about... 2000 B.C. and 400 uh, A.D., the Book of Mormon. There's also the Doctrine of Covenants. Uh, that's 138 specific different revelations from God, and certain church leaders can add to and delete from these certain things in the Doctrine of Covenants. And then you also have the Pearl of Great Price, which is some uh, ancient Egyptian writings that, again, Joseph Smith got and received and uh, was able to translate the Pearl of Great Price. So those are the truth sources for Mormonism. What about Jehovah's Witness? Two different things for Jehovah's Witness. The first is uh, some magazines, the Watchtower Magazine and Awake Magazines. If you know anything about Jehovah's Witness, if you've ever been involved in that faith or, or had them come by your house, you know that they have this huge publication ministry where they have just millions and millions of pieces of literature that come out every single year. So they have that, and then they also have the Bible. But it's a different Bible maybe than what most of you would carry. It's only the New World Translation. And the New World Translation of the Bible has been done by those Jehovah's Witness scholars. And, and they believe in something called progressive revelation. So Jehovah's Witness would say, and this is probably why the magazines work really well, that medium, because they believe that God gradually reveals his will and his purpose to people. And so they can amend things and tweak things and change things, and the magazines work really well for that. And the New World Translation of the Bible has also been written uh, in that way. Uh, what about Islam? Islam has one a single book, and that's called the Quran. Uh, Islam is also the second largest religion in the world, uh, by the way, next to Christianity, if, if you didn't know that. People who follow after Islam are, are called Muslim people. And, and what happened in, with Islam is this guy named Muhammad received from the angel Gabriel uh, this book that would become the Quran over about a 23-year period is what he claims, and this again became the Quran. And uh, Muslim people would, would believe in about the first five books 
of the New Testament, or I'm sorry, of the Old Testament of the Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. But then they would say that it became corrupted, and that's why they have uh, the Quran. And, and many Muslim people, catch this, have completely memorized the entire Quran. It, it's, it's a pretty impressive thing. Lastly, what about uh, Hinduism? Hinduism is the third largest religion in the world, and there are three different truth sources there. First of all, the Bhagavad Gita is kind of their most precious of, of writings. And then you have the Vedas, and the Vedas are something that talk about, and we'll get to this in a little while, but how to appease all of these different gods. And then you have something called the Upanishads, it's just kind of fun to say. You can try it out later. Upanishads. It's just, I don't think I'd name my kid that, but it's fun to say. Uh, come here, Upanishads. No, anyway. But in, in, maybe you've heard of the doctrine of karma, and we're going to get to karma a little bit later, too. The doctrine of karma is there inside the Upanishads. So just in, in the last, you know, just a little bit, uh, just take a look at those charts or take a look at your neighbor's chart. And, and as you can see, even as we just dive into this, there are a whole lot of different sacred books, and there are a whole lot of different truth sources for many of the different faiths and religions of this day. And so can you just kind of follow any path, and is sincerity uh, synonymous with truth? Well, we're, we're making our way there, and again, another 20 minutes from now, we'll probably be able to discover that. But let's continue on, and let's talk about this section of the chart. Who is God? Who is God? In Christianity, uh, you know that God is the creator of the universe. In Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, right at the very beginning of the Bible, it says, In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. He's the creator of the universe. We also believe in Christianity that God is actually three in one. We call it the Trinity, right? You have the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. The Trinity of God. We also believe that God is the author of the Bible, and he wrote the Bible through uh, those individuals, those 40 individuals in different languages and different continents that we talked about earlier. But again, also in 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says that all Scripture is God-breathed. And then here's one of the most unique, distinct things in Christianity, catch this, that we believe about God, and that is that he is all-powerful, but yet he is also very, very personal. He's all-powerful, but yet he wants to have a personal relationship in some way with you and with me. And that's a distinction from, from a lot of these things that we're going to see over the next few minutes. So let's continue on. Scientology. They don't really define God in Scientology. In fact, they, they kind of believe that we are all gods. And if you get to this certain place and, and get free of your sins, you will become what they call a thetan, which is like an operating God. That's what happens. In Scientology, there is really no such thing as the Trinity. Uh, they, they don't uh, believe that or ascribe to that. In Mormonism, uh, God uh, was once a man, and then he evolved into God. Uh, take a look at these uh, quotes from a, a couple different Mormon leaders. First of all, Joseph Smith, who is the founder of Mormonism. And I quote, I wish to declare... And I have always, in the congregation, when I have preached on the subject of the deity, it has been about the plurality of gods. Or another guy, Brigham Young, who's the second kind of prophet to the Mormon faith. How many gods are there? I don't know. But there was never a time when there were not gods. 
So again, it's, it's a little bit different. And, and when it comes to uh, the Trinity in Mormonism, maybe you've been involved in Mormonism, maybe you have some friends or neighbors or classmates who are involved in Mormonism. I have, Mormonism, I have some incredible, I have some great friends. Some people who live right near us who are very involved in the Mormon church. And when Christian folks and Mormon folks talk about the Trinity, it sounds very similar, but it is a bit different uh, in the fact that Mormons, uh, they believe in something more of a triad than the Trinity. If you ask a Mormon person, they would say that, that the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, they are three separate people, three, three, three uh, separate individuals. And so they would call this a, a triad where we would say it's more of a trinity of they're, the, they're, they're God and the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. So there are definitely some differences there in, in how we describe and how we view God. In Jehovah's Witness, there's only one God. His name is Jehovah, and there's really no trinity talked about in Jehovah's Witness. In Islam, it's very, very similar. There's one God, and his name is Allah, and there's no trinity as well. So Allah is the single God and no trinity there. In Hinduism, there is a God called Brahman. And Brahman in Hinduism is, is this huge, like, uh, powerful, uh, but also very impersonal, very aloof God. And in Hinduism, they believe that many, many other gods emanate from uh, the Brahman God. Maybe you've heard of the term avatars. They believe that these are avatars, these gods that come out of the Brahman. And for us as Christians, as we look at Hindu people, we would say this. We would say that they are polytheistic. Everybody say polytheistic. Polytheistic. We would say they believe in lots and lots of gods. The Hindu people would see themselves differently. The Hindu people wouldn't say we're polytheistic. They would say they're henotheistic, meaning that they believe in one main god, and then all of the other gods emanate from that god. So again, henotheistic versus polytheistic, but yet very, very different way that they view who is God. So again, we're just cruising through this, looking at what our world is made up of today so we can lead ourselves and our kids and our neighbors and our grandkids well. And again, you can see when it comes to God, there are many different views, right? Many different ideas on who God is, what God is, how many gods there are and so are all faiths headed in the same direction is sincerity synonymous with truth well we're, we're we're headed that direction let's continue on and let's go even deeper to a really really important question that all of us is, should be able to understand and describe in our lives especially as we're people of faith and that is this who is Jesus who is Jesus to different people around the world and and to us, as we sit around here today in the Chicago land area, in Christianity, he is the one and only Son of God. John chapter 3, verse 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son. We also believe that Jesus is the second person in the Trinity. You have the Father, right? And the Son and the Holy Spirit. Another thing that makes Christianity very unique is that Christians believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. 
Now, this is huge. Maybe you've had conversations with this about with your family members or with people that you work with. Christians believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. John chapter 14, verse 6. The reason we believe that is because Jesus himself said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So that's what Christians believe about who Jesus is. In Scientology... Jesus is, is rarely mentioned. Uh, Jesus did not, of course, die for our sins. He didn't live a perfect life. He wasn't in the grave for three days and then come back to life like uh, Christian folks would believe. They don't believe he was resurrected. There's just not a lot of talk about Jesus in Scientology. What about Mormonism? And, and this park view is, uh, to be honest, we'll probably have some conversations about this this weekend. Uh, with people or online or through email or text or Facebook or Twitter, things like that. I understand that, but this kind of gets a little complicated and uh, controversial, so just hang with me on this and begin to dive into this and study this. Uh, Mormons would say in the Doctrine of Covenants that Jesus is the firstborn of all spirit children. He's one of God's many, many, many children, of which there are millions of them. And Mormons, if you ask a Mormon person if they believe in the same Jesus that, that you do as a Christian, they would say, yes, they do. They believe in this Jesus that walked on this earth and so on and so forth. But the, here's the thing. The way a Mormon person and a Christian person believes in Jesus or who they believe that Jesus is is oftentimes very different because the Mormons have this other testament of Jesus Christ, and it describes different things and different parts of who Jesus is, what Jesus did, and where even he was, and including things God did in the Americas. And, and so it, it's a different Jesus that we talk about oftentimes between Mormonism and Christianity. Mormons also believe that salvation comes through Jesus, but also baptism in the Mormon temple and good works. And I, and I want you to know this, and this is, again, no matter where you're at on this, uh, over the last many years, probably the last decade, the Mormon church has spent millions of dollars doing whatever they can to equate and make themselves similar with Christianity, especially when it comes to Jesus. And I would just encourage you to, to dive in and continue to investigate some of those things because whichever uh, you would like to believe and whichever path you'd like to go down, they are different paths in the direction that they lead. What about Jehovah's Witness? Jehovah's Witness believe that uh, Jesus was the first created son of Jehovah. Uh, they do not believe that Jesus is, is God. In fact, quoting from the jehovahswitness.org website, it says, so we do not worship Jesus as we do not believe that he is almighty God. Jehovah's Witnesses do believe that Jesus came here to this earth, but they believe he died on a stake, not on a cross. They also believe that Jesus has already come back. And that was in 1914. They already know that. He came back in 1914. There was this huge invisible battle with Satan, and uh, this begins the end times and the next time Jesus returns will be to destroy all non-Jehovah's Witness, and they would not believe that Jesus is the only way to heaven. Continue on with Islam. Jesus in Islam is very highly respected. Jesus is one of the prophets, uh, but he's not God. 
Jesus also, they would say, uh, did not die on the cross. It looked like Jesus died on the cross, is what Muslim people would say, but there was a deception uh, that happened. The Quran, their truth source that we looked at earlier, says clearly that Jesus did not die or raise from the dead. He is a great prophet to be respected, absolutely, highly esteemed, but not the only way to heaven. In Hinduism, Jesus is one of many, many, many of those sons of Brahman. He's like an avatar that that can be worshipped. And Jesus would not be the only way to get to heaven. In, In Hinduism, there would there would truly be just thousands of different ways to get to that place that that we would call heaven. So again, there we are cruising through all of these different faiths. Just a quick look at who is Jesus. And and realize this, Parkview, that that all faiths don't see Jesus in the same way. And and listen, man, I hope you hear my heart on this. This weekend, I hope you hear my tone in this. There are so many really good, just sincere people who are a part of Hinduism or a part of Mormonism. And just like there are great, sincere people who are a part of Christianity. But, but the question we're asking is, does that sincerity, is it synonymous with, with truth? If you just really believe what you say you believe, will you really probably be okay? Well, when it comes to, to Jesus and who is Jesus, there's lots of different things and different directions you have to go depending which one of these faiths you ascribe to. Let's tackle just this last section today before we get some time for application. What about eternity? Where do you spend eternity? What's eternity look like? for all of these different people around the world, people we go to school with and live next to. In Christianity, eternity happens this way, or salvation happens this way. It's obtained by accepting Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. In the Bible in Ephesians, in in our truth source, the Bible, Ephesians, chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, it says, "For For it is by grace that you have been saved. Through faith, it is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For those who have placed their faith and trust in Jesus Christ, they will spend eternity with God in heaven. And in Christianity, for those who follow after Jesus Christ in Christianity, one of the ways you do that and you place your faith and trust in Jesus Christ is through being baptized into him, right? That's how we picture our allegiance and that we're following after Jesus, accepting him formally into our life. And, and baptism, you know this, is just picturing with our lives what Jesus did with his life, right? So here you have Jesus on the cross, and then he's buried in the tomb for three days, And then he comes back up to life. And so for us, we're saying, hey, I believe in Jesus. I want to follow after Jesus. I want to place all my faith in Jesus for my eternity and for my salvation. So I'm going to be in the water, and then I'm going to allow somebody to plunge me or bury me in the water, not for three days, right? But just for a little, it's, it's short, it's quick, and then, and then you come back up, and, and that's baptism. And, and we, we have a huge baptism celebration happening around here on the Parkview campuses, by the way, next weekend. So if you've never been baptized, if you've never pledged your allegiance to Jesus and said you want to follow after Jesus, especially maybe after this weekend, 
really investigating all of the different paths that you could choose. Things you could choose in this world. Maybe you would say, hey, you know what? I, I want to be this Christian. I want to follow after Jesus Christ. And I want to give my life to him. You could choose to be baptized even next weekend. Now, that's what eternity looks like. Salvation looks like. It says in the Bible in, in Hebrews chapter 9 that it's appointed man once to die and then the judgment. And, and that depends on what we do with Jesus in this life. That's what Christians believe. And again, I want you to hear that because that's a little different than some of these other faiths we're going to study right now because they would say that maybe you don't actually die once, maybe you die many times. Or even after you die, there's the opportunity even after you die to still get into heaven in, in kind of this special loophole way even after you die. So let's dive into a few of these things, and we're just coming, we're, we're charging toward the end of this thing, so just hang with me here. This is huge. What about Scientology? Scientology, when it comes to eternity, would say that salvation is basically the freedom from incarnation. And uh, Scientologists believe that we basically all one day kind of become gods through this process they call assumption, which is really analogous to uh, reincarnation in, in Hinduism. And, and so essentially you go up the scale or down the scale in, in your next life, depending on what good or bad you did in this life. And there's not really a hell in Scientology, there's just these, you eventually get rid of all your sins and you become this god. You become this operating thetan in Scientology. What about Mormonism? In Mormonism, you are resurrected by grace, but saved and exalted to godhood by good works. And these good works uh, for, for Mormon folks in the Mormon church have all kinds of things, such as a diet, uh, tithing, Mormon baptism, uh, mission work uh, nationally and around the world, all kinds of temple rituals, things like that. There's lots of different works and rituals that go along with that in eternity and salvation. Mormon folks also believe that there's three different levels or places of heaven. This is a good conversation sometime. There's the telestial level of heaven, which is kind of the lowest level. And then there's the terrestrial level. That's kind of the mid-level of heaven. And then there's the celestial level of heaven. That's like the top level of heaven. And Mormon folks would believe that like 99% of people go to one of those levels of heaven, not so much to hell. Hardly anybody w would end up in, in hell, which sounds great, of, of course. And for Mormon folks, there's two different types of hell, really. There's a more temporary hell that human beings could go to, temporarily, oftentimes. And then there's also a more permanent hell that Satan will go to, his demons will go to, and what they call the sons of perdition will go to. So there's a more temporary hell, and then there's also a more permanent hell. And when it comes to the temporary hell, let's talk about that for just a moment. The Mormon church has this interesting thing called proxy baptism. Proxy baptism is the act of being baptized for somebody who has passed away, somebody who has already died. And this happens in Mormon temples around uh, the states. There are people right now in our world who are being baptized, who have been baptized for those who have been deceased. I have a friend back in California, in Ventura County, who, when he was younger, he was baptized personally dozens and dozens and dozens of times for people who had already passed away so that he could save them out of that temporary place and separation 
from God. This is why oftentimes Mormon people will spend thousands of dollars and hours looking at their family trees and things like that so they can go back and be baptized and things like that for people in their family. What about Jehovah's Witness? Jehovah's Witness, it's very simple. It's one of three places. The 144,000 people who have been anointed by God and sealed by God will be with him in heaven forever. The rest of the faithful Jehovah's Witness will reign with God in a paradise earth. And then finally, those who are not Jehovah's Witness, they will just cease to exist. They'll, they'll be done. There's really no hell for Jehovah's Witness. You're going to spend it in one of those three different places or one of those two places, or you're going to just cease to exist. What about Islam? Islam is eternal paradise for those who believe in Islam, eternal hell for those who reject Islam. And here's what happens. Allah, who is God in Islam, weighs all of your good deeds and all of your bad deeds. When you go into eternity, Allah weighs your good deeds and your bad deeds. And if you've done more good in this life, you go to heaven. If you've done more bad in this life, then you go to hell. That, that's what determines your destiny. And, and here's the thing. Just catch this. This is kind of a side note, but this is a, a huge distinction. And in, in Christianity, we have certainty of our salvation. Somebody say amen. We have certainty, not because of what we've done, but because of what Jesus did, right? And that is one of the biggest draws. If you're talking to someone who's Muslim, somebody from Islam, one of the biggest draws and one of the biggest things you can talk about is just this idea of certainty, of knowing where I'm going to spend eternity, not based on what I've done, but based on what Jesus has done for me. This is a huge distinction between those two. And then finally, what about Hinduism? In Hinduism, people go through infinite stages of reincarnation and this concept of karma, the soul either migrates up or down depending on which good things that you've done. And many, many Hindu people believe that you would have tons and tons and tons and tons more lives to lead. And then one day you just kind of merge into the Brahmin God. You don't necessarily go to heaven. You merge into the Brahmin and you escape this endless cycle of reincarnation. That's what most Hindu folks would see as eternity. So now, take a deep breath, Parkview. Well done. Here's what I want you to do now for just the next few minutes as we wrap this thing up. Take a look at your chart. Take a look at that chart you have. If you weren't so diligent, take a look at your neighbor's chart. And here's kind of the next step. Here's the next step that I want you to think about today. As long as you are sincere... Will you be fine? That was our big question uh, today. And the things that people believe and the things that float around our world, as long as you're sincere, will you be fine? Or are, are all faiths equal? The answer to that, Parkview, is no. No, they're, they're not equal, right? They don't, listen, listen, this is huge. They don't even claim to be equal. They don't even claim to all be going to the same place. And I know some of you right now are saying to yourself, Todd, how in the world am I going to remember all this? I'm never going to remember all this stuff you just said and this chart you went through. This was so cool, but I'm never, ever going to be able to remember it. Here's what I'm going to do for just the next few moments. I'm going to give you like the cliff notes to this whole chart. I'm going I'm to show you, you don't have to remember all those things. Here's, I'm going to show you how can, you can remember the difference between Christianity and all of these other religions. Here, here's what you need to do. And some of you are saying, well, why didn't you just do that to start? Well, here, okay, <laughs> right, right, okay. okay. Here's, here, here's the thing. Here's how you remember the difference between Christianity and all these other religions. All these other religions in the world and all these other religions that we've studied, and here's what they're trying to do. They're trying to work their way up to God. 
They're trying to get up to God by certain uh, actions, certain deeds, certain rituals, all kinds of traditions and things like that. They're trying to work their way up to God. And in some cases, some of these religions we studied, they're trying to become God, right? Through rituals or through countless reincarnations or something like that. But here's what I want to say to you, Park. If you listen, this is huge. Here's what Christianity says. We don't become God. God became us. We don't become gods. God became us. You see, here's the amazing truth of Christianity. The amazing truth of Christianity is not that we go up. The amazing truth of Christianity is that Jesus came down. It's cool that we get to go up one day, but the amazing truth is that Jesus came down. Amen? And he walked on the earth that we walk on. And he breathed the air that we breathe. In John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And I know that some of you may be thinking, you know what, Todd? All those things you shared in the chart, you know, I I can't argue all those things because I don't know about all those things. I don't know about all those religions. But to me, the thing that sometimes gets me about Christianity and sometimes makes me nervous when I'm talking to people is that verse right there. That Jesus says, I am the way. And the truth. It just taught, and here's what some of you are thinking in your mind. And we're going to wrap this up and we're going to pray. This is huge. Some of you are thinking, Todd, that just sounds to me like super exclusive, like narrow. Why would God be so narrow with that? It, it just in some ways doesn't sound fair. I am the way, the truth, and the life. And here's what I would say, Parkview. Do not make the mistake of determining what is true by what seems fair. We don't do that in any other area of life, do we? I mean, for instance, you're coming, we're coming at the end of this year soon. We'll be getting into next year. We'll be doing taxes and things like that. All of us are going to get our taxes done. We're going to find out how much money we owe back to the government. What if this year when you got your taxes done and ready, instead of sending in that money for taxes, you just decided to write a little letter? <laughs> right? To the IRS. And you just said, Here, here's the deal. I'm just going to write you a letter. I'm going to say, dear IRS, I do not believe that the current tax code is fair. Therefore, I do not believe that I owe you this money. Guess what they're going to say? I don't care if you believe it's fair or not. You still owe that because that's what's true. You see, the thing about Christianity is not so much is it, is it, is it fair, but is it true? And, and here's what I want to say just this last little bit. Here's what I want to say. I, I believe, for the record, that Jesus and John chapter 14, verse 6, I believe not only is it true, I also believe that it's fair. I believe it's fair. And check this out. Here's three reasons. First of all, everybody is welcome. Doesn't matter who you are, male or female, old or young. Doesn't matter if you're Democrat or Republican. Doesn't matter. Everybody is welcome. Secondly, everybody gets in the same way. There's not a way for guys to get in and a way for girls to get in. There's not a way for people who live in the United States to get in, a way for people who live in China to get in. Everybody gets in the same way. And then finally, the price has already been paid. That's Jesus. Listen, listen. What could be more fair? Everybody's welcome. Everybody gets in the same way. There's not a whole new set of rules for everybody. And the price has already been paid. Let's pray together, Parkview. God, thank you. Thank you so much for today. And just this time we can spend 
diving into and investigating uh, Christianity and all of these other faiths and beliefs that, that people have in, in the world. People, not just in the world like way out there, but people near us, people that go to school with us, people that we work with this coming week. God, I thank you for the opportunity to, in a place like this at Parkview, to to not just check our minds at the door, but to, to take a good, honest, thorough look at this question of are all faiths the same? And is sincerity really synonymous with truth? God, I pray today that, that you would just speak to all of our hearts and all of our minds about who you are and about your son, Jesus, and we would understand that these different paths certainly lead in different directions. And God, I pray that many, many people this weekend on our campuses and people watching online would decide that they want to be a Christian, that they want to follow after Jesus, that they want to give their life to him. God, thank you for your word. Thank you for the minds that you've given us that we can use to be smart about this place that we live. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everyone says, amen. Amen.